0: Um well Hi Hi Oh oh we're here <laughs> We are here and I am Riss And I'm Liza And this podcast that you're listening to It's the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast So little sleeping, and so much reading, his brain dried up, and he went completely out of his mind. We're here. (laughs) We're here. And we are celebrating.
1: We are. It is the second week of Black History Month. We have another great
0: episode. We do. oh that was bad. Oh, that, that made a horrible noise. Hey,
1: you know what? It is what it is. Do we have any lit news before we um hop into our second week of Black History
0: Month reads? How friggin' crazy. We do. We do. I think if you have been anywhere near Twitter book news, I haven't seen it on TikTok. Book news or on uh, instagram book news but twitter especially mm-hmm. you would probably have seen that in tennessee a school banned the book mouse which is a holocaust book i believe it is a graphic novel historical fiction obviously so it portrays the jews as mice and the nazis as cats Truthfully haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing I can see that is wrong with it is that the the cats are the Nazis. That's that's not fair to the cats. <laughs> the that's cats. not fair to them at all.
1: I think I wonder so I read this in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. To be honest, I don't have a huge like recollection of like talking about ton of background on it like obviously talk about the holocaust but like my guess is that often jews were portrayed as rat like the nazis would refer to jews as rats and all of the propaganda videos would be like these are rats and they spread disease and they infiltrate your like your homes and your towns and and so i wonder like i said like i'm sure we talked about this but it was how many ever years ago 10 years ago now, um, that maybe that could be the reason why those are the, that's the way that the author decided to, um, illustrate it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shit is crazy. Like if you've been your Twitter, you've definitely seen it. I feel like anybody, if you're a bookseller, a librarian, or a teacher, this probably feels like a big part of your life right now. Like, I know I'm a bookseller and our sales of Mouse, like, skyrocketed. So Marissa and I were saying that's, like, one, like, positive about it, but also, like, it, it, it doesn't quite feel like a positive just because it's such a, like, oh, my God, this is severely messed up that it was banned in the first place and that it took a state banning a book that's literally about the Holocaust It's literally history um, for people to be like, oh, I'm going to buy it.
0: Right. And it's also, I mean, if you have bought it, thank you for supporting the book. And thank you for supporting the author and the cause, I guess. But you have to realize that buying this book and reading this book is, is much different than a group of kids getting to study and deep dive into this book a group of 13 year olds right I feel like we have a different band book conversation each year yeah and I just think that there are there's there there there's certain topics that kids should be learning about at certain ages Mm -hmm. and there's kind of not a better way to do it than reading books literally um and for you to, like, apparently they banned it because it was rough and had objectionable language, and there were sketches of naked women, which, first off, 13-year-old students kind of, like, they shouldn't be, uh, I don't know, for you to be like, oh, naked women, you're automatically, you're kind of objecting, of object, the. Uh, you're objectifying women and to make your kids see oh like I don't want you reading this because there's like naked women
1: I can guarantee you they do not care like that draws more attention to it especially the thing that just when you said that because I didn't actually know that 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 was part of the reason they banned it that bothered me is I'm like in what context are people naked in that book because in the holocaust they used to strip all your clothes off when you got to the concentration camp and that was how they did things. So I'm wondering if that's how nudity is portrayed in the book. And I'm like, what sicko saw that and was like, oh, people are going to sexualize this. I'm like, right, people are experiencing mass extermination and these people are learning about it. I don't think they're going to be like,
0: I don't think that's what's going to have them shook. yes. Absolutely right. Um, also, just think like, a, what you are teaching young thirteen-year-old girls to be like, oh my God, like you, you guys can't read this book. There are naked sketches of women in it. You're automatically like putting their bodies in a certain situation, and B, you're telling me those thirteen-year-old boys ain't watching porn, right? There, it (laughs) it
1: isn't like right. Like you don't read mouths when you're. Fucking six, no. But and like my thing too is like this, like like this is just my thinking about anytime they ban books or like we can like talk about this too. But like um, Marissa and I were also talking about it before that like um, with people in the South being so against critical race theory, and it's like here's and like teaching and teaching the truth about what happened in history to children. People being so against that. I've seen a lot of people of color say this and or any sort of marginalized people, if a kid is old enough to experience racism, anti-Semitism, misogyny, xenophobia, homophobia, et cetera, they're old enough to learn about it. So like obviously, like like black students experience racism. That means every student should have to learn about why racism is so ingrained and awful in our society. If if a 13-year-old Jewish girl is old enough to experience anti-Semitism, all of her classmates are old enough to learn about why there's still anti-Semitism because the Holocaust only happened you know, so many years ago. It, it just feels so weird that I'm like, what are you, what is so wrong with teaching kids history? Especially like you said, like through literature is one of the best avenues to do that. Like, I feel like, like mouse is a very digestible. I mean, nothing about learning about the Holocaust is like, you know, fun and it's not digestible. But like, I think like that comic is like a very good way to introduce younger kids to the Holocaust. Like, nobody's saying that you have to show them, like, all of the horrid images from the Holocaust when they're 12. Like, they can see those in high school. But also, honestly, I feel like I don't have a problem with showing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, said that, but, like, I also don't have a problem with, like, I think you should start learning about the Holocaust and slavery and all of the other horrible things that have happened. Like, early it's just like a matter of when you introduce specific gra- like um, images or information to people but like why ban not that you should ban anything but like why ban a, a
0: cartoon right. about the holocaust right I kind of started like laughing while you were talking not from what you were saying with it but because I was thinking about it and I was like wait a minute They're mice. So what? What naked woman is there? That's what I was like. I was like, is
1: it like stripping down the mice at the fucking concentration camp? Do the mice have titties? Like what? I know people are so weird. They're literally mice. I'm like, you just made it weirder. Like, like no teenage boy was reading a book about mice and was like I'm gonna save this book so that I can like go back and look at these pics later like I'm like homie it's a holocaust book with mice main characters like you're the twisted one
0: which like honestly I don't put it past them
1: yeah but like we live in a society it's like the same thing when people get so fucking pissed about like women breastfeeding in public I'm like yo like you're the one who just made it weird like she's just right. supposed, she's supposed to same with like um the like um, that's
0: a literal baby on her nipple.
1: like it's like fine you're doing something strange if you're looking at that and being like whatever oh my god also like same with like the bath like being upset when like trans people want to use their bathroom I'm like you're the one making it fucking weird like like you already like piss men already piss next to each other like that's just your life? Like who cares if a person that wasn't necessarily assigned male at birth is pissing in the stall or at the urinal next to you? Like ready. who gives a shit? Stop stop banning books. Stop banning books. It's so stupid. Like out of all the things you can all out of all the hills you can die on, stop dying on that hill,
0: folks. It's stupid. It doesn't help anybody. You're making all of us look stupid.
1: You're acting like a Nazi because that's exactly what Nazis did. Um anyways, oh
0: <laughs> so yeah, don't ban books and Justice for Mouse. So continuing our wonderful week of um our wonderful month, actually. Continuing our wonderful month of black History Month, <laughs> this week is on theme with...
1: Mysteries written by Black
0: authors. Woo-woo, very exciting. Um, So I read a book called The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson, and it was published last year, 2021, so relatively new. Yay. And I read um,
1: a book by Oyinkan Braithwaite, um, which is also relatively new. It was written in 2018, um, and it's called My Sister, the Serial Killer. I liked my book a lot. I liked my book a lot.
0: You know what else I'm actually really liking about new books, too? What? Um, I like that authors are putting their social media things on the back. Yeah. It makes yeah. me happy. Like I can Kam? find you has hers too it's cool it's like you know all connected you know what
1: I don't like about new books there's a name for this and I don't know what it, I forget it we can add it in the show notes if we have to but where the cover doesn't come all the way to the end of the book and there's just a flimsy piece of paper on the inside that has like something stupid this is not a trend that I enjoy
0: I'm Deleted. also not a fan
1: pause Mm -hmm. that abort that there's some book trends that I like like when you color the pages when you paint the pages on the outside cool when you do like that ripped texture on the outside yes anything like that when you do really weird covers that are like a kind of weird texture yes fine fun cutouts I'll take even I'll take a cutout love cutout you're telling me you're gonna do whatever this is whatever that is And then sometimes they'll be even uglier. Like this one's actually not as bad as it could be because sometimes they'll print like New York Times book review number one. And I'm like, get that shit off of my beautiful book. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Hopefully, you guys can't see us right now, but hopefully you know what we're talking about. I feel like you do. And I feel like most book people don't like that. And so I'm like, who in the publishing world was like, you know what would be a good fucking idea?
0: This. (laughs) I'll go first. Hey everybody. Okay, so this book that I have, The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson. I actually have a uncorrected proof which I could talk about in a minute, but it was really interesting and I think that there's going to be some fun writing things to mention that I'm excited about. But first, let's talk about the book. So, this book is about A detective who, um, a couple years ago, she did a case where people were being cut into pieces, their limbs, uh, their head cut off into six pieces, two legs, two arms, head, body. And she caught and convicted the killer. It was obviously very traumatizing and she was hurt in the process of doing it. And now there seems to be a copycat. So that is like the main plot line of this story. The fact that there's a copycat who is now cutting off limbs and she has to deal with the kind of PTSD from the past case that she has while trying to catch this copycat. And then this shocking thing kind of happens and there's almost a game going on between the original serial killer and now the copycat super interesting. So for readability, I gave it an eight. I was really captivated by this. I did not want to stop reading it. And like, I wanted to know what happened. I wanted to know what would happen next. The characters were really, really enjoyable to be around, but we'll discuss that in characterization. This book was, you know, it's almost 500 pages, but I read it really fast and i i can't even say if it's this mystery book in particular just the fact that i actually i really enjoy mystery books i like reading them um especially crime books i i want to know what happened even if it's even if it's an obvious answer as to who did it i want to know how it was done and how they're going to be caught and how the case is going to go so i will i steadily read for language and style okay Give it a six. Let's talk about that. So as I said, this is an uncorrected proof, which means that it's unedited and it's released prior to the final copies of the book. And I think it's for review purposes. I'm not totally positive on that. But that being said, I'm going to start by saying that I personally really liked reading a copy like this. I liked seeing like, little mistakes that were made, and I don't know, it almost felt like a fun conversation between me and the author. Um, It almost felt like I was, like, looking through a window at her writing and seeing things that she, like, not messes up on, but I don't know, I guess just, like, little writing mistakes that she makes or things like that, so some writing thing that I found really interesting Is so when you're writing dialogue, usually you use quotation marks, which are the double apostrophe looking things. And interestingly enough, this book is made so that any dialogue is in like just one apostrophe. And I don't really know why, like, if that's a stylistic choice, I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. And even So, for example, if you were writing dialogue and your character was talking about something someone else said, you would do the the quotation marks for what your character said. And then when you got to what the other person that they're talking about said, you would do just the one. So just the apostrophe looking one. And she even reverses that in here so that it's the one and then the two. Don't really know why that is. I guess it could be a stylistic choice, but it is quite a weird one. Um, Another thing that happens quite a bit is sometimes when a new character starts talking, she doesn't start a new paragraph. And once again, I'm like, it could be because this is an uncorrected proof copy that that happens and it could be perfectly fine in the actual published copy. I don't know, sometimes it was a little hard to follow, but only because of that. And I'm sure, and it wasn't like impossible to read. It was totally fine. So the reasons why I gave this a six, I like I couldn't exactly judge it on whether the writing was quote clean or not, because again, it's uncorrected proof, it's unedited. But what I really was judging it on is I wanted a little bit more out of the writing content um, in terms of description, Uh, Nadine Matheson set this book in South London which is where she's from and I wanted more of a description I wanted I wanted to really see things more than I was and I'm not I'm not even talking about like the gore and things like that I'm literally talking about when she's when her main character is standing by the river I want more of that scene. I want to know like what the walls look like, what the water's doing, what it smells like, what color it is. Is it sand? Is it rocks? I wanted to know all these things um, just to help me get a little bit of a better picture of this area that I have never been to and probably will never be. But other than that, I thought it was fine. Um, I am going to omit form because there was nothing really going on in here. It was a straightforward written book so just gonna leave it the way that it is for shelf worthy slash read again I gave this a five because I'm not really totally sure I would say would I personally read this book again not unless she came out with more to the series if there was more Angelica Henley like murder series books that's the main character's na- name by the way so if there was more in an Angelica Henley series I think I would probably read this one again um refresh myself on the story on her backstory on the Jigsaw Man and then move into the other books otherwise I don't know if I would read it again and I think that for it being shelf worthy I'm gonna keep it on my shelf because I have attachment issues and I think that other people would want this book on their shelf too it's it's kind of cool to look at and it's I don't know it's a good size book it I don't I don't see a reason why you wouldn't want it on your shelf I guess but who knows who who is to say so for plot I gave this a seven here's the deal the main plot of this current book has to do with um the copycat killer who is copying the jigsaw man that is the main kind of case that we are following but which to me is interesting right off the bat and i would read this book just for that one case but you do get maybe three or four other cases that end up getting intertwined within this book causing like other plot points and they all like being solved they all kind of Rely on each other in some way. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm trying to think of another, you know, crime mystery book that I've read that has kind of many different threads running through it, like this one does. And I can't really think of one. And I would say I could see how, because there's three or four cases going on, someone could definitely get confused and get lost in what is going on here. But I personally enjoyed juggling all of it and keeping track of all of it. And there was something almost more realistic about that instead of just one officer working on one case. It's one officer who is juggling these multiple and like intertwined cases. That made more sense to my brain. I would say this book is like fast to medium pace. It's a mix of being both plot and character driven the main character, Angelica, her relationships and mental health is almost as important as the cases that she's working on. And the moves that the killers are making are influencing the plot. I'm gonna say it's a mix of being both character and plot driven. I am gonna say I was iffy on the ending of this book, because it felt almost as though There were a lot of things that were not resolved, specifically in Angelica's personal life. But I I do have a feeling that Nadine is going to write more to this story and make an Angelica Henley series, which I think she should. And therefore, I kind of understand that those will be hopefully resolved in later installments. And part of me kind of hopes that it'll be more like Patricia Cornwell yeah Patricia Cornwell's uh Scarpetta series because those are the kind of books that you can literally pick up any one of them and read them from any point and you're not going to be lost you don't really need to read them in order so I'm kind of hoping it'll be like that who knows I guess we will see Lastly, for characterization, I gave characterization a nine. I really, really enjoyed these characters. I enjoyed their relationship. It all felt real, Um, except Angelica's husband, Rob. I hate him. He's annoying AF. Um, But the station that she works in is super small. All of these characters feel important. Their relationships feel special. Also, this is one of the first books that I can think of that is... A diverse cast full of people of color and people of color main characters that's like not focusing on them being people of color which is super refreshing especially from like a the usual stereotyping and racism that comes from crime books and also refreshing from the usual like either a weird tormented loner cop or the blonde like really weary run down female cop i also felt like the internal struggles were valid and made sense not just for like plot drama but genuinely i could understand what the characters were feeling and why they were feeling that way and why they were having um these internal feelings so so that's why i rated characterization really really high I feel like she did a really good job especially I think this might be her debut book question mark not sure but I know that she she is a criminal defense attorney which is like I read this book and I was like ooh, she's got some kind of inside scoop like I thought it was so cool but I have some warnings for this book a I'm gonna say if British spelling triggers you don't read this book because there were so many times where I read a word and I was like they don't really spell it like that do they and I literally looked it up and they really do like why do they spell it so funky like ugh and then gosh what was my other warning I completely forgot the the British slang came for me oh I remember the other one was so the main character has a lot of PTSD from the past case and honestly a lot of paranoia and personally I am the kind of person who when writing I have to feel something that is happening to my character for it to happen and like obviously you know I'm not coughing up a lung. Um, but like, I have to feel like the dry throat, the like scratchiness in the chest, the like flemminess. I have to feel all of that for me to be able to write it. And I get like that a lot of times when I'm reading books too, where if a character is in a certain state of mind, I just like assume that um which means when I was reading white is for witching uh the main character doesn't really eat and I noticed that I started to eat less I'm like I didn't feel as hungry I didn't really have an appetite for this book because she's super super paranoid um I also started to feel a little bit paranoid but that's just a personal thing and I don't know if it affects other people like it does me but hey it could and Maybe if you have bad paranoia paranoia already, maybe this book isn't for you. But all that being said, I really enjoyed it and I recommend everyone go read it for a fun little, you know, crime uh mystery binge. And that's what we got to say about that, love.
1: I wanna read that.
0: I think you would like it. I
1: think I would. I love crime. <laughs>
0: so fun and I was like dying to read one so the fact that I did I'm like yeah yeah
1: I think crime novels are and crime anything is so fun like um you you know I've been watching Criminal Minds and Marissa and I both listen to Morbid Podcast so it's just really cool to be reading crime novels by Black authors because it's one of those genres that's usually so um white and there should be more Or you should listen to more. They're not, not, there should be more because I know there are. Um, But listen uh, or follow more um, Black true crime creators because I know on TikTok at least, I'm not sure if there's a podcast. I'm like, there might be. We could put it in the show notes for sure if there is one. Um, But like, I feel like true crime is such a fun podcast I don't know. It feels weird to call it like a fun pastime, but like, it's something we're all come on. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are also on crime talk and you probably also listen to like morbid or something like that. So like, it's just cool that there's all different kinds of creators making content in the genre, whether it's, um, whether they're researchers or whether it's um, f- fiction and that's so cool this woman is actually what did you say she's a prosecutor she
0: is a criminal defense attorney a defense attorney yeah that's cool which also i didn't realize until i was reading this book i know like nothing about how courts work in england or anything like that sometimes it's like I don't know. They're just things that are so normal to us from the shows that we watch or the media we consume, like being in the U.S. I'm like, yeah, of course, you read them the Miranda rights and whatever. (laughs) But but like, they don't like, yeah, they have like, oh, you have the right to remain. silent, But it's not even called the Miranda rights or like another thing. So this whole time I'm reading this book and she's putting herself in these crazy situations and I'm like, girl, homie out your gun like you're not protecting they don't have guns they don't have guns and that's why England is a safer place (laughs) I literally did not realize until I was at the end of the book I was like I bet you she doesn't have a gun I looked it up and they really don't have guns listen
1: y'all that's a conversation for a different day but (laughs) the the world would be a better place the United States would be a better place if random ass cops didn't fucking have guns yes end of story yeah And on Criminal Minds, they're always whipping their guns out. And I'm like, are these people, I know they're technically qualified to have guns, but like Dr. Spencer Reed with a gun, I trust him, I guess, but I'm also like, that noodle? I could just have (laughs) this gun out? Like, it's, come on now. Come on now. No. England is better than us. Because people don't, civilians don't have guns in England either. Like, whenever you see, like, killers in England, I feel like they always have knives, which is so harder to kill big groups of people when you only have a fucking knife. Like, it's still, there's still killers in England, but there's not mass killings in England in the way there are here because they don't have semi-automatic
0: weapons. Which is just kind of nuts. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) But yeah, there's even one point where she, like, takes out her like baton and just like whacking him and i'm like take out your gun and she's like, like no she, she don't
1: have one. She does not have a gun because she is a queen oh yeah hey she did the damn thing He did the damn thing but yeah and you learn a lot of fun things i love that i'm definitely gonna add this to my list
0: What did you read? Was it British? It was
1: British. What well, kind of? Oh. Um, so I read my sister, the serial killer, by Oyinkan Braithwaite, and she is a Nigerian British author. Um, and I guess I, I think she, she was um, she was born in Lagos, but she spent time growing up in both Nigeria and England. Um, and my so her lang her Uh, writing style is perhaps similar not style but her um, dialect is perhaps a little bit similar to Marissa's in that it's definitely more English than it is American but also it does take place in Nigeria Um, and yeah I guess I'll jump right into it As far as the summary goes, this so this is also a mystery. And it is also I feel like we would qualify it as a crime book. And I would go as far to say, although it is a mystery, it might even be like hinging more on a thriller, only because we kind we know who the killer is the whole entire time. Like there's nothing about a killer that we have to discover. But there is a lot that you're like hanging on to to try and figure out what's gonna happen next. So it is still a mystery in that sense. And basically, it follows this woman, Kareed, whose sister, Ayula, is a serial killer. Um, and we basically know that from the jump, um, or it, rather, it's revealed to us very quickly, but also there's things that we get to discover about it and how serious the situation is as the book goes on. Um, but she kills her boyfriends Um, and when the book is beginning um, Ayula is on her third boyfriend in a row that she has um, killed and Kareed is a nurse at a hospital and she knows about all of the people her sister has killed and it's I feel like this book is also a lot about like siblings and how far you will go to protect your siblings um which as a sibling especially as a sister I feel like it makes it like a fun read like sister duos there you go um but yeah there's also just like so much else going on in this book and I'll get into it the more we go but I feel like another key thing is that like almost like the character like I feel like we've talked about this before like is it more character driven or is it more story driven and this book is a really good balance of both because I feel like Kareed and Ayula as characters and how different they are is very important because like Kareed like she is the responsible one like she's a nurse like she comes in and cleans up her sister's messes and Ayula is like almost a classic there's a word for it was it femme fatale where she is gorgeous everybody's eyes fall on her when she enters a room whereas Kareed, I think I mean I I'm sure she's still beautiful but she's like described as being more plain than her sister um and it's almost like Ayula is kind of like intoxicating and like puts a spell on people in sometimes involuntarily by her looks alone, but she's also got this sort of wit or this slyness to her that I think she uses that I feel like her and Kareed are both very like resourceful and smart and they use that in different ways. Almost like they're two sides of the same coin, but I don't even want to say that really. But also like I think that's such another interesting thing about sisters is like sisters are made with the same stuff, basically. But I feel like they're always so different. Like you rarely meet a set of sisters who are like carbon copies of each other. And but if you look really closely, they are very similar. It's just different ways that that comes across. So I don't know, I I was definitely very invested in the sisterly relationship in this. To start off with readability. I gave this book an 8.5. Um I really liked this book. I did not want to put it down. I feel like she did such a good job with the setup which I'll get into more when I talk about form that like you really just wanted to go 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 breeze through it and it is um only like 100 and no 200 230 pages. And like I said like it's not even necessarily a mystery per se, because you know who the killer is right off the bat. It's not something that you have to, like, piece together, like, when you're reading, like, an Agatha Christie or something like that, but there is so much that you have to figure out that you're, like, okay, what comes next, what comes next, what comes next, and it, like, keeps you from wanting to, like, ever take a break, Um, and the other cool thing, too, is that, like, there I the, this I don't want to spoil but there are reasons why Kareed and Ayula act the way that they act and are the way that they are and the slow release of information in this book works so well because it's almost like there's multiple mysteries on top of each other and there's kind of like multiple plot lines on top of each other like I'll say this because it's not a spoiler but one of the characters in the book is one of Kareed's patients who's in a coma and um she talks to him all the time and she actually he's in a coma and she actually um tells him about Ayula, Kareed tells him about Ayula and so it's like there's so many layers in this book of like oh my god i you like remember every few chapters that, that there, there's whole other plot line of like this man who's in a coma and is like probably never gonna wake up but also could at any moment so that was kind of fun too So yeah, there's just like a lot of mysteries happening, even if the main mystery isn't a solving who's killing who um, situation. To get into the language and style, I gave this book an eight. I really liked Braithwaite's writing style. It was very short and to the point, um, which is often like my favorite kind of writing style. Like I don't love super flowery stuff unless it's like there's a reason behind it. And I thought her dialogue was great. I feel like it was so natural. Um, and we were also in Kareed's head the whole time. It's from first person, which you guys also know. I'm not always a fan of first person, but I think it worked really well. And another cool thing, like, it was, there are some points where Kareed is thinking rather than um, speaking, but obviously it's first person, so it's from her perspective. But sometimes when she's, like, thinking, it um, will be in italics, and Often she uses the italics when she and Kareed, sorry, Karee and Ayula are kind of talking to each other in their heads the way that I feel like only sisters can do. Like, do you ever give your, like, sisters out there, like, I don't know, maybe brother and sister simply duos do this too, but I feel like it's a girl thing um, that, like, you give your sister a look and she knows and you know, but nobody else Knows they're like moments like that like the writing was just very clever and it was I don't want to say simplicity but like the sharpness of it was just very it made the whole thing even more realistic and I also feel like what's cool about that is like jumping back to how this isn't your typical mystery like this book just felt very real like like nothing about it was like oh that can't that would never happen like you know, I feel like sometimes mystery novels are so dramatized. And this almost felt like it feels like literary fiction in that there is a lot of plot happening, but also not a lot of plot happening at the same time, which I feel like is always really fun. And like, I actually haven't really seen that before. So I, I enjoyed that um for form this is where okay so Marissa was saying earlier that she thinks Marissa was saying earlier that people were not very kind to this book on TikTok and I had seen similar reactions and I was like let me get into it because I'm about to say some shit um for the form of this book I gave it um a nine I loved the form of this book and I have theories behind why people didn't like this book on TikTok and I think it's because of the form and if you recall one of the books in my top 10 was Normal People um, which is a book that I did not expect to like as much as I liked it and people on TikTok either loved it or tore it to pieces and the thing people hated about normal people was that Sally Rooney does not use quotation marks and i think of the form played a big role that for, that stylistic choice i think played a big role in why people did not like the book and i think that people i think that's a little bit silly of you um to like we all have our own opinions but i think it's a bit silly Um, To not like a book because of that, because I thought that was so unique and I thought it was so cool, um, and was part of the reason I liked the book so much. And I feel like maybe mm, people don't really like experimentation on book talk. Sorry, calling y'all out. And so maybe that's the reason why they don't like my sister, the serial killer. I, on the other hand, love some spicy experimental form. It's actually. Marissa and I's favorite thing. If the form isn't experimental, we're always kind of like, well, I guess I'll just piss on the floor. We're like, not here for it. So I love the form. I thought it lended itself so well to the story and to like the multiple plots but lack of plot and also to the it being tense and the mystery aspect of it and basically how it works is um it's all tiny 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 chapters sometimes it'll be one page sometimes it'll be a paragraph sometimes it'll be five pages there is a lot of variety and they all kind of have different titles like it's like they're not numbered like this one is called body and then the next chapter is called um, Scrubs, then The Patient, Heat. And they're these short little chapters that I think are working so well for this book and I think it's so fun and I really like sometimes when she left you like longer in a section like she would leave you there for like eight pages but then I also really liked the chapters where it would only be like one page or one paragraph and like just to start it off like the first paragraph I mean the first page page one is one chapter and it's just called words Ayula summons me with these words Kareed I killed him. Not in quotations, by the way. Kareed, I killed him. I had hoped I would never hear those words again. And then it goes, the next chapter, I'll just read the first sentence, Bleach. I bet you didn't know that Bleach masks the smell of blood. And then it gets into it more. And it's like, oh, it's the 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 style is just so cool. And I can't imagine it any other way. I can't imagine the form the story working as well any other way so that's my thoughts about book talk girlies not liking this book I'm like sit down and explain to me what you didn't like about it and if you say anything about the form let's talk about it <laughs> Shelfworthiness. um I gave this book an eight I feel like I'm definitely gonna hang on to it first of all other than the stupid little thing about how the cover doesn't go all the way to the end that Marissa and I were talking about earlier the this book is so cool looking like it's dope it's a black cover with green writing and it has a picture of either Kareed or Ayula. I'm guessing it's actually Karid now that I'm thinking about it because there if you look in her glasses, there's somebody holding a knife. And that makes me think it's Kareed, and that it's Ayula's hand in the glasses. But yeah, I think this book is great. I think there's a lot to learn from the structure of it. Personally, like as a writer, I'm gonna go back and take a peek at this. It's not necessarily the type of book you need to read twice. Because I don't think she hid that many things in it. It's not that type of crime novel. Because I feel like some crime novels, you're like, okay, or mysteries, you're like, I need to go back and read that from the beginning, because I know I missed something that like ended up being revealed in the end. Um, It's not that type of book. But I feel like you could definitely read it twice if you wanted to, you could read it more than that. That's what I love so much about like these short little books that experiment with style because I personally feel like they're much easier to read multiple times than like a longer, more traditionally structured book. So definitely, I feel like you should buy this book. I also would encourage everybody to, if you're gonna, we always say like whether you should buy it or not. If you're ever going to buy books we talk about on our podcast, please do buy the books by people of color that we talk about, like if you were gonna buy a book, go buy our books from our Native American Heritage Month, go buy the books from our Hispanic Heritage Month, Um, buy the books from this month, because black authors and authors of color need need to see support so that they can keep creating these really amazing books. Like whenever we're reading books by like old white folks or even like, you know, people who already came from a place of privilege to get published, Go to the library. Like, you can totally buy the book. But like, Agatha Christie, when we did our Agatha Christie episode, babies, if you really want Agatha Christie books, you can buy them, but also literally just if you wanted to read and then there were none, get it from the library that these people don't need your money. Like, J.K. Rowling, don't buy it. Go to the library for the J.K. Rowling or steal it. (laughs) I'm not encouraging stealing from small, don't steal from an indie bookstore, But you can steal it if you want from, like, I don't know, a Target. (laughs) I'm not condoning stealing from Target. But, like, don't – some of these people don't need your money. But some people – do so like if you're like interested in the jigsaw man or my sister the serial killer really go ahead and buy it from an indie bookstore um you can buy sometimes from the publisher directly and the the authors will get money that way you like we said buy from a black owned bookstore and you can buy online if there is not a black owned bookstore in your neighborhood so many things you can do but really this these these are the really cool authors that could should have your monetary support so yeah buy this one do it it's like buy all the books from black history Month, and then we just did half the work for you about finding cool books so then you just have to read them and then tell other people to read them and then read more books by that author and then get one of those apps that tells you if you like this you'll like this and then you're just going to continuously keep supporting really cool authors of color writing in the genres that you like to read boom in terms of plot, I gave this book a 7.5. Like I said, it's like, i the only reason I didn't give it higher is because like, it wasn't like, I don't know what I was expecting, but like, cause the title of the book is My Sister the Serial Killer. So like, I definitely wasn't expecting it to be like a classic mystery where you're having to like unravel a bunch of stuff. But the only reason, I guess, it's not a little bit higher is because it, is, it doesn't have that same sort of like guessing game that other mystery books have. And, but that being said, There's not as much to predict, but I still would not say that this book is entirely predictable. There were still things that like threw me for a loop that I really enjoyed, especially towards the end of the book. You kind of just got like a boom, 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 like, like here's some things you didn't know and now you know them and it kind of changes the way you look at things. And like I said, there's many layers of plots. I won't spoil it, but there is a whole plot from like about their family there's a plot line about their family that like the more you get to unravel that you're like oh okay oh okay um same with the the gentleman who is in the coma kareed has a crush on the doctor at at her hospital that kind of thing like there's things that you're like what's going on and then you get to figure it out um so like i said like And it does feel more like literary fiction, like I said earlier, where you're kind of just like, even though it's like this woman is murdering people, but it still kind of feels like you're just hanging out with these characters for 230 pages, which I always really like. But if you are a classic crime novel person, you might be like, oh where's where's the investigation and it might not be the plot might not be as much for you as say maybe even the jigsaw man seems like it has a little bit it has more of that like what's gonna happen like here we go um especially because it's also there's no real cops ever in this book um there's like one cop and I kind of like that like I like that we weren't with the law enforcement in this book like we were with the girlies and at one point when there is a cop like Ayula kind of like uses her like femme fatale wiles to like throw him off her trail, which I feel like is very iconic. When Lady Gaga said, I do not believe in the glorification of murder, but I do believe in the empowerment of women. Hey, there it is. Characterization. Last but not least, I gave this book an eight. I loved, I thought these characters were really well thought out. I am focused on the sisterly bond. I think the sisterly bond plays out in ways that seem so true and in ways you don't expect, but also do expect. Um, I think the other characters are very rich. I think the doctor is a, a very rich character. The having the gentleman in the coma is also really interesting. Like him being a character that like she tells all of her secrets to is really interesting. The other women at the hospital are all very cool, and they feel like alive in a way that I think some authors often can't capture, especially because like this is from a first person pers- perspective, and I think the way Kareed talks about them it's like since we're in her head we're supposed to know like we already know them and so when she refers to them she's not giving us like weird sort of like information like what like sometimes like it's unrealistic when your main character starts telling you stuff about a character and you're like wouldn't they already like why would they be repeating that to themselves if they already know that and she acts like that like Braithwaite is like portrays the information as if it really is coming from kareed and so there's no unnecessary information and because of that it feels like some of these side characters it makes them even more realistic because she's like referring to them like we already know their whole lives which i think is really cool um the only thing i would say that is like sometimes Yula. Is a little cheesy because I think she's an influencer, um, and she kind of talks like she's an influencer, and um, it just feels like we got this. I got, I took a class in college when I was taking my young adult literature class, and the teacher was like, "Be careful if you're writing not to mention too much about social media, because we don't know if those certain social medias will be popular when your book." when people are reading your book in the future and it could severely date your work and make it come off as cheesy and that was the only critique real critique I had of this book was that like there's a lot of like hashtag references and like Instagram references and selfie references and this was ri- this was published in 2018 but it's very possible that it was written in like 2016 and so reading it in 2022 I was like a little cringe and sometimes Ayula was a little cringe so that's like the one thing I was like eh I would always just be careful of that I feel like this book didn't really need it but I think that was like now that I'm thinking about it like it never said that explicitly but I kind of think that was like Ayula's career like I think she was an influencer and so if that's her character trait that's her character trait but that was the only time I'd be like okay like I don't love that but otherwise so fun definitely recommend super short little read no reason not to read it I feel like it's one of those books that can get you through a reading slump it could get you to your reading goal it's just great love it love it love it
0: so many interesting moving pieces here and I like how we both did books that seem almost like on opposite sides of the mystery spectrum, you know my my book is heavy, like investigation processes, all of that fun stuff, and the fact that Liza's is, isn't is I don't know kind of fun. uh, we don't plan these things, it just kind of happens, and yeah, I don't know, that's just really cool, but no, I think that we both picked books that could. You know, like, if you didn't like Liza's book, I think that you would like my book. And if you didn't like my book, I think you would like Liza's book. So, if mine didn't sound interesting, go get hers. If hers didn't sound interesting, you better come get mine. Someone's gotta, someone's gotta read these. Someone's gotta actually buy them in support. That would be really nice of you. Yeah, I think, I think that's just about it from us. Maybe we should talk about... Next week, next week, to continue our Black History Month theme, we are doing magical books by Black authors. And I am a little bit excited. I am very excited. I am reading a book that I've had on my shelves for quite some time now. Just like the last one. But this one I got for a class that happened when COVID hit. So it's been about two years and I haven't got to read this book. So I'm excited to finally read it. It's called The Intuitionist by Colson Whitehead. And today I picked it up to flip through it. So I'm gonna start reading it today. And realized that it was, it's, it's, it's signed. (gasps) That's so cool. Isn't that so cool? It's signed specifically to someone named Chris. Don't know who they are, but Colson, if you're listening, they gave it away. Chris, what the hell, Chris? They said I don't want it no more. They said next. So now it's mine and I'll keep it forever. If your name is Colson Whitehead, uh call me Chris. Okay. Period. <laughs> I will say the font in this book is very small. I'm not looking forward to that, but Oof. everything else I'm very excited for. Liza, um, your book. My book
1: is um it is magical realism literary fractured fairy tale um called boy snow bird by none other than helen oyemi our second helen oyemi of season two and um i already started reading it i'm only like 20 pages in but oh my word i love her writing style so good so much like i started reading it and i was like there it is like nail on the head for right spots yeah like marissa and i have a very similar i feel like preference Mm -hmm. (laughs) for writing style and helen has it besties he's got it he's got it so i'm very excited it's um snow white it's based on snow white But so far, it is very much not Snow White. So that's cool. Like, it's interesting. White. Um, Very fun.
0: I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. We took this, like, episode a little bit more up to interpretation. Like, we were, like, magic, meaning anything otherworldly. So it could be magical realism. It could have been full-blown fantasy. It could have been science fiction. We just didn't have enough weeks in the months. To narrow it down. Never never enough. enough, But maybe we can find a list to post that week of each one, like fantasy by Black authors, sci-fi by Black authors, magical realism by black authors especially because marissa and i are not high fantasy or high sci-fi people at all but i know there are probably some listeners who love those genres and you should be able to find high fantasy and high sci-fi by black authors and so we'll um gather that as a
0: resource for you but uh yeah that's our that's our lineup for next week i'm excited we're going to get our nose to the books, mm-hmm. start not sleeping, and start reading. Hell yeah. And you know what you guys have to do? Buy some books by people of color, specifically Black authors. Period. T. And that's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. That, that's all she wrote. And we'll see you next time. on the Little Sleep Much Much Reading reading Podcast podcast. (laughs) Yeah, bye Bye